नमस्ते देर आर सेवरल वेज ऑफ लुकिंग एट द वेदा वन ऑफ देम इज इट्स अ बुक ए डॉक्यूमेंट ए वंडरफुल बुक ए स्क्रिप्चर इट इज नॉट जस्ट एन ऑर्डनरी डॉक्यूमेंट इट्स अ डॉक्यूमेंट ऑफ द हाइएस्ट काइंड ऑफ मिस्टिक एक्सपीरियंस and written in a language that surpasses whatever human speech ordinarily is accustomed to whether in terms of beauty in terms of its power in terms of expression of truth in terms of sound symbols in terms of the magnificence of words but the vedas are much more than the book because the book comes later the word comes later the experience comes earlier so vedas are the document of what kind of experience they are the word veda signifies knowledge but as we know it is not just any ordinary knowledge it's not a knowledge that we can gain by the senses for sure it's not a knowledge that we can understand by the mental analysis though we can later on use logic to formulate it it's a knowledge of another order but a completer knowledge because it was achieved by the mystics by ascending to higher domains of consciousness where truth is self evident unlike here where we have to infer and deduce and derive let's take a simple example when we look at this immense appalling just material universe we are filled with wonder or even the workings of a human body even the working of a single cell or an atom who wouldn't be filled with wonder and wonder what is it that has given rise to this beautiful mighty universe teeming with light endless light with there's lot of darkness also but what is hidden in this darkness so the vedic mystics because they also raise these questions but because they were not endowed with the kind of books which we carry as burden over the head our heads they sought for this knowledge within themselves they looked and wondered and they aspired and they sought and they engaged in a process which is called as tapasya or sacrifice the inner sacrifice with which through which human consciousness ascends and in this process they were assisted by cosmic powers called the gods and in that process whatever they discovered they documented it so it's a document of mystic experience of the highest kind and some of their discoveries hold true for all times to come for example one of the discoveries that behind all this that is moving this drift of the galaxies the stars the atoms everything that is moving jagatyam jagat there is a stable basis ishavasya midam sarvam there is something which is the stable basis of this creation now this is a discovery which cannot it it's something which will remain valid for all times to come based on these discoveries which they had as they ascended in consciousness they formulated also a law of life the dharma how human beings should live life which is in tune with this truth they had discovered so that became there are two aspects now of this knowledge one is the eternal truths which stand behind creation they are eternal because they are not subject to time time changes but based on that eternal truths there was a way of life now in this way of life again there is a there are some fundamental truths and there are some external aspects of it 
So again, the way of life based on these eternal truths do not change. I mean, their fundamentals remain. For example, humility. Anybody who ever has true knowledge or has a glimpse of knowledge will exclaim one thing that I do not know. Because, you know, it's so mighty. It's infinite. How can one know infinite? One can become one with infinite. One can open to infinite. So humility, for example, before this wonderful wonder, one has that. Then another experience one would have is delight, anandam. The narrower we become, the less happy we become. And the vaster we become, even in our personal life, when we look at the larger picture, life is always filled with that delight. There is an adventure, there is a progress, there is an endless growth. But the smaller we become, the more we suffer. Because we have lost contact with that vastness. So this is one aspect. So how we should live life? We should live life in certain ways. Compassion, the sense of oneness, the spirit of sacrifice. All these are derived from this fundamental truth. And then there are certain outer aspects of life. Outer aspects are normally rituals, practices, forms of behavior. So these outer aspects, Vedas contain all of them. Now these outer aspects are subject to change. Because as time unfolds, you have to give a new form to the spirit. You can't carry on with the same spirit and give it a same form. So for example, if to imagine today that you will light up a fire building, you know, all the outer um, bricks layer and light up. People do it, you can do it. But that is not the issue. The real issue is what does that fire of sacrifice mean? It's a symbol of an inner purification where there is a fire within us in which the gritam, the agni, in the agni we put the intellect, our mind, our mind is right now obscured. When we use this mind and put into this fire of purification, fire of aspiration that I want this mentality to become more illumined, my understanding to become purer, wider. So slowly by this offering, the powers of the mind, the brilliance of the mind, the luminosity of the mind begins to increase. Similarly, when we offer our little life force, which is always like horse running in hundred directions at the beck and call of every sense, when we offer this life force into this fire of purification, then they come, come out as powerful steeds of heaven. Horses, powers, cows, light, go, it comes from the root go. And so on, offsprings. As a result of this offering, there is offspring means new possibilities, new energies. So we can catch it in a very external way or we can relive this inner truth, give it a new form. Now we are entering an age where we don't need to continue with the external form. I mean, there is nothing wrong those who want to continue that way and feel comfortable with it. But the real yagna is within. That is something eternal truth. The law of sacrifice is not something which will ever change. Why? Because it is based on a secret truth of oneness. And that is why any individual who believes or asserts that I will live life my own way, whichever way, I don't care what others are or others are not. I don't care if there is a larger plan. I don't care if there is a God or there is none. I will just live driven by desire. He is bound to be, he is bound to contradict this inner law of sacrifice and nature will extract it from him. This is the and if he continues in this direction for long, there'll be a recoil and rebound because oneness is the law of this creation. So they gave all these things, and in the course they gave certain findings to you know because it's a huge subject 
to cut a very long story short. So what were the findings? We'll see it and then see how Savitri deals with it. Because Sri Aurobindo himself, see Vedas are revelatory experiences and Savitri itself is a revelation. So it directly falls in the line of Veda. Veda is not just three books. Veda is an eternal. The knowledge is there inside creation and whichever mystic, by whatever means, has entered into it and discovered even one little pearl of it, he comes in that, it becomes a scripture of the Sanatana Dharma. It's a Veda in its own right. Because he has discovered the secret knowledge. So that's how we have to look at it. So Savitri, to start with, like the Vedic mystics, it's a revelation. As Sri says, it's what the soul saw. And as the mother puts it, it's a revelation of the highest order. It's the Revelation of Shurbindo who went beyond every other frontier that even the great mystics of yore have gone. Let me explain it like this. As one ascended, the mystics had an experience of the truth. It's like imagine you are going to a mountain top. So what you see from below is ah beautiful, but you everything is blurred, there are clouds. You don't know what it means to actually take that journey. You just maybe have an aha experience, maybe you have seen a picture. Now, when you see a picture and don't undertake the journey, it's a religion. I believe there is God. Yes, but I have have you seen it? No, no, I don't know. So, I believe. Why? Because X, Y, Z saw it. When you say, no, I want to undertake the journey. Now, start spirituality, which is different from religion, which is a belief system. Now, as you ascend, sometimes you will see that the peak is blurred. Why? Because you are going through a valley. So Vedic Rishis actually describe it, ascending, coming down, then again ascending, coming down. And then as you draw closer and closer, the image begins to change. And depending on how close you could go, your experience, though it's the same experience you are having of that mountain peak, but depending on your vantage point, your experience will have that little coloring. So Vedic mystics, the highest of them, not that everybody reaches that point. It's not easy to reach that point. Reach the highest point that the mind can reach in its ascension, what Shobindo calls as the overmind. And what they saw there, they saw it as the ultimate reality. Shobindo himself says that at one point he himself felt that the overmind uh, gnosis, the overmind gods, they are the ultimate height. But then, it was still seeing through a brilliant, luminous wall. Beyond it were regions of imperishable light. So what did the mystics do? They sang of this light. They sang of this glory. They sang of this fire burning like a splendor. And they tried to receive its light. Like from a distance you receive the warmth of the sun. So they received this light till the point they could go. Beyond a point you can't go. You'll burn. And with that light they... Uh, sought for an illumined mind. They sought for a purification of the heart, even for the body. And they found that as they draw closer and closer, they enter into vast regions. And as they entered into vaster and vaster regions, they discovered something which we can say is the secret of immortality, the elixir of immortality, the delight which makes us immortal. How does it make us immortal? Because the infinite never dies, the vast never dies. It's only the limited which dies. Infinite is our truth. But we have forgotten it. We have identified with a limited form. And forms are bound to disintegrate because it's limited. There is always a search for the unlimited. Again, we are not going in that direction. All my temptations I have to keep aside because it's a wonderful subject. But coming back to that experience. So they discovered there is one luminous. But there was still a last veil. We see this beautifully in the Isha Upanishad. 
ಹಿರಣ್ಮಯೇನ ಪಾತ್ರೇನ ಸತ್ಯ ಸಾಪಿಹಿ ತಮ್ಮುಖ ರಿಮೂವ್ ದಟ್ ವೇಲ್ ದಟ್ ಗೋಲ್ಡನ್ ಲೆಡ್ ದೇ ಸಾ ಬಟ್ ದೇ ಸಾ ಥ್ರೂ ಎಲ್ಯೂಮಿನಸ್ ವೇಲ್ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಈಸ್ ದ ಡಿಫರೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ದಟ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಶುರ್ಬಿಂದಸ್ ವಿಜನ್ ಶುರ್ಬಿಂದ ವೆಂಟ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದ ವೇಲ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಟೈಮ್ ಹೆಟ್ ಕಮ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಈಸ್ ಅ ತಪಸ್ವಿ ಆಫ್ ತಪಸ್ವಿ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಹಿ ವಾಸ್ ಆಲ್ರೆಡಿ ಎ ವೇದಿಕ್ ಮಿಸ್ಟಿಕ್ ವೆಟ್ ಕಮ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ವೇದಿಕ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪೀರಿಯನ್ಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಸೇ ದಟ್ ಹಿ ವಾಸ್ ಪ್ರಾಬ್ಲಿ ರಿಷಿ ಅಗಸ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ ಇಸ್ ಒನ್ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಪ್ರೀವಿಯಸ್ ಲೈಫ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಹಿ ವಾಸ್ ನಾವ್ ದ ಏಜ್ ಹೆಟ್ ಕಮ್ ವೆನ್ ಹಿ ಕುಡ್ ಟೇರ್ ಥ್ರೂ ದ ವೇಲ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಗೋ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ಕಮ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ದೇ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಡಿಫ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ಸೀಯಿಂಗ್ ದ ಮೌಂಟ್ ಎವರೆಸ್ಟ್ ರೈಟ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಎ ಲಿಟಲ್ ಬಿಲೋ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಎಂಟ್ರಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ಇಟ್ ದೇ ಇಸ್ ಅ ಡಿಫ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ದಟ್ ಅಪೋಲೋ ಮಿಷನ್ ವಿಚ್ ಆಲ್ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಟಚ್ ದ ಮೂನ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಯೆಟ್ ಕೇಮ್ ಬ್ಯಾಕ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಇನ್ ಆ್ಯಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಲ್ಯಾಂಡಿಂಗ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಮೂನ್ and there is a difference between landing on one side of the moon and landing on both sides of the moon now the beauty of shurbindo is he went into all because from there when he saw he could see all the different approaches through which man has tried to access this knowledge and that is one thing which we find in shurbindo is a integralizing thought now as we know vedic vedas are one side of mystic experience there is another side which is tantra now there is the divine mother in the vedas there is aditi but the stress is on the purusha aspect whereas in the tantra we have you know experiences of kundalini we have experiences of devi and all that is there in the tantra and people have tried to form some kind of a link between the two but shurbindo saw both as one reality now there is a difference when shurbindo both are revelations but there is a difference when we see the thing through a little veil however bright it is and into entering it and becoming one with it this is one aspect of it we need to understand second is in the unfolding of time the truth in manifestation advances forward this is what we have in the story of uh, again daksh prajapati where daksh is slain and the goats head is put behind so same way in its in the process of manifestation certain truths that the vedic rishis discovered had to be now taken to the next level so another aspect apart from the one now one we can see from one side and he is the purusha another side he is the shakti adya shakti but in shurabindu we see that the two become one fused into one so this is something amazing about that one not only they become one because there is the passive and the dynamic side which become one he can also easily integrate creation right down to the smallest details with this great discovery because it's shakti which has gone forth into creation if you have the shakti you understand everything in creation if you don't have that if you go only to the purusha side you disregard creation as illusion and she becomes maya the creator of illusions again i am not going into the philosophical aspects because it's a vast subject but coming back to shobindo's vision of the one is a very complete vision where the passive and the dynamic side both are brought together and its relevance to human life the second aspect that the vedic mystics saw is that man's journey is not an easy journey there are cosmic powers that help the devas and there are powers that hinder the dasyus the dhatyas the sons of division children of diti so there is a constant struggle man's soul is a world of battle full of beings where cosmic forces are battling and jostling 
Not today we use different terms. We say choices. You know, it basically refers to that. You have to make a choice. We don't use the word, you know, inner word. But choices means an evolutionary choice or a retrograde choice. These are the two choices always before man. So essentially the same truth is coming in a very different veil through the mind. It's trying to express itself. So the Vedic Rishis didn't use that term. They used the word that sacrifice. Sacrifice means the lower for the higher. So when you make a choice where you will ascend, rather than retrograde movement, retrograde movement means for my selfish reasons I make a choice, vis-a-vis for a greater cause. What am I doing? It's one kind of sacrifice where I am willing to forego the certain benefits, pleasures, which comforts which I may get for something which is truly good, the true, the right, the good. So this they saw, second part. Now here again we see that what about these dark forces, where have they come from? Now here we see Shurabindu completes that missing piece of the puzzle. What really is darkness? Darkness is involved light. It is light that is involved itself. And we'll read passages, you know, which touch upon these aspects. So this is the second aspect. And what is the what is going to happen to this darkness? Will it forever remain? Will man's soul forever remain a prey to it, struggling with great effort, trying to ascend breathless summits? No. He brings a new answer that this darkness itself will be transformed into light. This falsehood will be transformed into truth. Its original shape. Falsehood is truth which is twisted. Whereas truth is falsehood which straightens out. Now there are hints in the Vedas like, Oh Agni, make the crooked straight. So it's very interesting. They are very significant uh, Vedic symbols. Third we see that the Vedic Rishis use symbols which are relevant to those times. Cow, horse. Now, there were experiences in dreams and visions, they saw it. Now, if a mystic experiences progress, he will not, or, or light, or progress, he will not see progress in terms of, you know, traveling on a horse. He is likely to see progress in terms of flying in an airplane. He may see actually space travel. And that will be an indicative. Or he may see a rail journey. Now, Shurabindu uses modern symbols. Very modern symbols because they are contextual and relevant. So that deep truth becomes contextual because many of us may not see. Some people may see uh, elephants. I know people who see elephants, lions, some of aspects are there. But sometimes we may see the same thing in new ways because now human mind, uh, archetypes are there. But it is going through a very different new experience of life. This is the third aspect. Fourth is the goal. Immortality, truth, delight. Three ways of looking at the same thing. Shobindo doesn't just say that you reach there and you discover truth, home of truth. They were travelers going to the home of truth. So what do you do when you discover the home of truth? Well, both possibilities are there. You enter into the home and be one with that fire. Or you stand on the gates, try to make your mind as illumined as you can through the rays and start acting upon the world. But Shurabindu says, why not let this home of truth be established here? That is the purpose of creation. Why not that delight be established here so that every experience of us, ours, including every nerve, every cell, it should be filled with that nectar of immortality. So immortality is not just for him. It's not enough to have an immortal consciousness, which anyone can have if one enters into vastness. Anyone who has had contact with the soul knows he's immortal. This is a basic experience. If you, I mean, just having the psychic being, it's uniting with it, you know you are immortal. You are no more deceived by, you know, death appearances because you know, okay, these will change. 
but you don't change and so it becomes very amusing when you see people crying or somebody has died because you have discovered that seed of immortality within you but shurbindu doesn't stop there he takes this experience also to the next level it's not enough that i discover immortality within i must discover immortality in the very body even the body shall remember god so we see that whatever is there i mean there are many other aspects but whatever is there in the vedas we see shurbindu taking it to the next higher level so for example the vedic aspiration asadoma sadgamya take me from darkness to light or reveal to me the light which is hidden behind within darkness he takes it to the next level let there be light endless light so that our journey is no more from ignorance and darkness to light and knowledge but from freedom to greater freedom from light to greater light from delight to greater delight so there is a door of infinite perfection open before man so this is one big leap and of course it contains the synthetic experience both of the purusha side which the vedas sing about and the divine mother side which the tantra speaks of and because between the two of them they have created creation creation is the result of that the fusion of the the uh, passive and the dynamic side we see in shurbindu savitri the whole creation the whole creation is there and it's contextual because he is you know they you will see words like atoms and of course is there in the vedic time um, different rishis kanad rishi discovering the parmanu etc but you know in one place all these aspects are there the evolutionary aspect because evolution is manifestation now the vedic rishi speak of evolution but say evolution of the soul the tantra speak about the change of form the 84 lakh journey but what is the really relation is it only that the soul grows through these experiences at the end enters into moksha as it has been understood unfortunately no the vedic rishis aspired to make heaven and earth equal and one this is the destiny bequeathed to earth so shurbindu takes this whole project of the vedas let me put it like that that the project initiated by the rishis of the vedas and who knows even before them since the earliest dawns of humanity the vedic rishis speak of a four, of four fathers that divine project he takes it towards its right fulfillment divine fulfillment the project is initiated in the vedic age or maybe before that and it arrives at fulfillment in this age and that's why we see in savitri it's a very very beautifully master poet the story belongs to far back times narrated in the mahabharata about an earlier vedic cycle whose story is it savitri um, the symbol is of course there but savitri savitri is a partial incarnation of the divine mother in far back times we don't know when now through that story shurbindu links it to the divine mother in a present incarnation he links up ashupati to shurbindu's own yoga now why is he doing it it's because again savitri had started this project of immortality what kind of immortality not just immortal consciousness that is something very unique about the story of savitri she wants satyavan alive in the body what does it mean it means all the forces body is the citadel of darkness they will let the soul ultimately with great effort ultimately will say okay go go away from here you are free to go but the body is my fortress because matter is emerged from there right from the darkness it's the first base 
of course the origin of matter is in the divine but uh, it has taken a plunge and starts emerging from the inconscient so it's the first base in the evolutionary process so again shirbindo reveals to us that in savitri the idea is of physical immortality now physical immortality sounds near impossible and i i mean there's so many stories in indian mythology which speak about this physical immortality now shubindo says that yes it is possible but it it is only possible when fully this truth consciousness can activate and transmute and transform terrestrial life and terrestrial matter at least in a few human beings it cannot be done in all it's like you know all monkeys didn't become man they become links so consciousness essence so now humanity human matter i mean the body has become more and more subtle going through number of experience layers of experiences who knows some of us may have been vedic rishis during that age some of us may have been monkey fighting for lord rama some of us may have fallen on the battlefield of kurukshetra so over a period of time these experiences have accumulated and needed mankind they flow in our veins they are there in our dna in the dna of humanity and so now we are ready with all these experiences for the next level for the supramental transformation so again it's not just immortality within but right in the body so these are some of the uh, broadly speaking themes which we see in the vedas which shobindo brings out there are many other aspects but uh, of course there is the mantra so again mantra is an aspect of the vedas what is mantra it is inspired speech from the highest consciousness highest level accessible to man where did shrubindo rise he rose to the highest level where speech is born right from the silence so again when we speak of the mantra that's why mother spoke of savitri as the savitri is the mantra of transformation because mantras have their own effects we have mantras for healing we have mantras for you know warding off evil forces we have mantras for meditating upon and discovering some great truths we have the mantra which illumines the intellect we have the you know gayatri of uh, rishi vishwamitra and shobindo gives a new gayatri where he is not only asking for intellect but he is asking for the most auspicious light so all these mantras have a certain purpose what is the purpose of savitri it is the mantra of transformation but there is something in savitri which we don't find in the vedas which we don't find in the upanishads of course upanishads are aspects culled out from the vedas which we don't find in mystic lore it is hinted only by shri krishna in two or four terse shlokas and they are यदा यदा हि धर्म से ग्लानी भवती भारत अभ्युत्थानम धर्म से तदात्मा सृजाम इट्स नॉट जस्ट द सोल ऑफ मैन हैज डिसेंडेड इनटू दिस यूनिवर्स टेरिबल एंड स्वीट द डिवाइन डिसेंट इनटू ह्यूमैनिटी दिस इज समथिंग सो पावरफुल इट इज फर्स्ट टाइम वी सी दिस रेवलेशन बाय श्री कृष्ण डिवाइन हैज डिसेंडेड ही टेक्स अ ह्यूमन फॉर्म टू लीड अस इट इज थ्रू हिज सैक्रिफाइस दैट आवर सैक्रिफाइस बिकम्स इजी otherwise so difficult even to ignite that fire because he descends into matter sparks of matter are lit up in bodies and bodies and because of that we can engage in this great ascension so this something very unique to shobindo those four shlokas why the divine descends into matter hinted there where krishna becomes the gate in the vedas we have the zigzag of the gods which god should we start the journey with Now the problem with gods is that they have not become human beings. I mean, sometimes they become, 
but very difficult so avatar the divine becomes human so it's no more the zigzag of the gods but direct connection with the supreme through the avatar that's why all avatars come and say i am the gate and i am the way why because now the divine the supreme towards whom we are ascending takes birth in matter assumes material body and it becomes so easy so those four shlokas of the gita are expanded into such a wonderful narrative this wonderful epic poem where man's story epic of ascension which the vedas embody and the experiences through this ascension are complemented or rather the original story the original story of creation is that he became this creation and not only he became this creation he becomes us and because he becomes us therefore we can become like him it's a it's there only in the gita but just hinted but it is expanded so what is savitri is the story of the divine mother becoming human and that adds a totally new dimension and finally not the least what the rishis aspired for through the mantras you draw the deity each of the mantras that's how we have you know tantric mantras they have kali mantra durga mantra uh, different mantras uh, mantras through which indra would come near mantra through which surya would come near now what man- who will come near when we read savitri savitri is a mantra of transformation but the she is an embodiment of the divine mother word body through which shurbindo has brought the divine mother close to us and because it is shurbindo's consciousness through which the divine mother has been invoked so therefore it has the twin power of shurbindo his own consciousness and the divine mother in her embodiment so savitri brings them close right soak near to us and that's why the mother said if you read savitri you don't need anything else she is a complete guide on the way and you can arrive at the highest realizations of the yoga of transformation without as much as needing a guru savitri becomes the guru it is not a book it is the mantra and this mantra draws the one who are whom we are invoking right here next to our hearts so let me start with this wonderful passage where we see the invocation of the divine mother and then we'll proceed Uh, step by step um, just let me know the time keep a check <laughs> so um so look at just the invocation what a wonder it is i mean this is a mantra we have mantras invoking the divine mother one aspect or the other ya devi sarvabhuteshu shanti rupen sanstita we have mantras in gayatri meter invoking the light of the sun all these mantras are there now i am not going into any of the technical details they are there but let us just read now this is an invocation of the divine mother in her highest glory of glories we see that shurbindo gave the mantra for the divine mother om anandamayi chaitanyamayi satyamayi parame a mantra which you don't find anywhere in the tantras you have an aspect or the other now here you have the totality we have heard of sachidanand but we have we are hearing about the feminine aspect of sachidanand but in the reverse order not as satyamayi chaitanyamayi anandamayi because we are proceeding from the creation towards her but look at it even there because words there is anandamayi chaitanyamayi satyamayi but here we see that all of them fused and become one the formless and the formed were joined in her 
page 314 immensity was exceeded by a look a face revealed the crowded infinite at the head she stands of birth and toil and fate in their slow round the cycles turn to her call alone her hands can change times dragon base hers is the mystery the night conceals who is hidden in the night you so afraid she is there even there she has become this gauri has become kali hers is the mystery the night conceals the spirit's alchemist energy is hers she is the golden bridge the wonderful fire the luminous heart of the unknown is she a power of silence in the depths of god she is the force the inevitable word the magnet of a difficult ascent the sun from which we kindle all our suns we have heard about aditi the undivided consciousness she is the mother of the gods adityas all the suns look how shrivindra describes in one line the sun from which we kindle all our suns the light that leans from the unrealized vast inaccessible home the joy that beckons from the unrealized the joy that beckons from the impossible the might of all that never yet came down i'll just read some passages um now we have this wonderful prayer in the isha upanishad hiranmayena patrena satya syabihitam mukham tattvam pushanna pavranu satya dharmaye drishte i want to have a glimpse of that glory which is hidden behind the golden lid the rishi isha upanishad is one of the highest peak points of the vedas and the rishi is aspiring i want to see what is that law of truth you establish that here here we have the law of death the law of ignorance the law of pain no let the law of truth establish itself now look at this line we will see the ring of the, those but what a wonder of wonder page 341 sorry uh, page 345 oh oh truth defended in thy secret son he wants to now but he's not it's not enough that he wants to have the law of truth for himself he is asking for that truth to be established upon earth o truth defended in thy secret son voice of a mighty musings in shut heavens satyasapihitam mukham o wisdom splendor mother of the universe creatrix the eternal's artist bride linger not long with thy transmuting hand pressed vainly on one golden bar of time as if time dare not open its heart to god o radiant fountain of the world's delight world free and unattainable above o bliss whoever dwellest deep hid within where is aditi to be found also within the human heart you see the kathopanishad This is Aditi. This is that thou seekest. When he says, "I want to know about immortality," O bliss, whoever dwellest deep hid within, while men seek the outside and never find. And it continues. Now the beauty is Savitri is also a prophetic poem. This is something we don't find. 
even the gita does it just cryptically it says wherever there is krishna wherever there is arjuna there there is victory what is that victory it also gives us the divine assurance aham tva sarva pape bhyo moksha shami masucha but what is that victory which is being spoken of is it just on the battlefield of kurukshetra a victory over darkness when what is will be the nature of the victory that entire thing is there in savitri so savitri is a cut above everything else that one can ever find and personally to me very gratifying that it's in english language i love sanskrit it's a wonder of wonders but well we have unfortunately or whatever reasons we have grown up so it's so easy now and easily accessible and brought close to man so uh, that goal is so beautifully described in this uh, canto where shubindu describes the threefold uh, status of the divine see the vedas speak about the mystic fire how shubindu describes this mystic fire of course this fire is here and its original home is there the splendor of splendors the murmuring tongue of a celestial fire our self and a high stranger whom we feel it is an action seen as if it were not it follows the line of sempiternal birth yet seems to perish with the mortal with its mortal frame it is the origin and the master clue kasme devai havisha videham first this is the fire inside and of course he also describes the fourfold purusha time permitting we'll i'm rushing through because you know it is the origin and the master clue is silence overhead and inner voice a living image seated in the heart an unwalled wideness and a fathomless point the truth of all these cryptic shows in space the real towards which our strivings move the secret grandiose meaning of our lives a treasure of honey in the combs of god what a way to describe the cup of immortality of delight a treasure of honey in the combs of god a splendor burning in a tenebrous cloak this tenebrous cloak is the body it is our glory of the flame of god our golden fountain of the world's delight an immortality cowled in the cape of death so what is this doing this fire what is it really trying to do through lives after lives an immortality cowled in the cape of death the shape of our unborn divinity it guards for us our fate in depths within where sleeps the eternal seed of transient things it is the original script and it unfolds through lives that's the logic of rebirth logic of rebirth if there is judgment then there is no logic of rebirth though it's absurd you start not knowing where to go in scattered and suddenly after one life some god will suddenly with a rod in one hand and carrot in another judge you it's not about judgment it's about progressive evolution hence therefore rebirth is needed so but who will carry this transmit what we have gained today and tomorrow in next life it is this fire it has the original script the shape of our unborn divinity but for the divinity there is a great help and he describes that again in this wonderful canto the secret knowledge he describes the triple status of the divine the transcendent the universal and the individual 
which is one of the symbols of the cross today you know christmas we talk about but it's the transcendent the cosmic and the individual we speak about the son of god you know but son of god is all of us but what are we doing here what are we meant to do look at it <clears throat> the absolute the perfect the immune one who is in us as our secret self our mask of imperfection has assumed who is who is this human being is the divine who has become human he becomes human he comes and assumes a body of flesh he has made this tenement of flesh his own see the secret of the gita manushi tanu ashritam i dwell within the within man as in my house so his house is not only there it's also here but what is he doing here that he will describe to us his image in the human measure cast that to his divine measure we might rise this transfiguration is earth's due to heaven what is the relation between earth to heaven how to make heaven and earth equal and one here is giving the key it goes throughout savitri a mutual debt binds man to the supreme the vedas speak about the three debts to the earth to uh, the gods and to the forefathers now all these three to the earth it has shaped our body so transformation of matter is the repaying of the debt to the gods they have helped us to embody these powers and lead it to its ultimate fused into the one divine to recover our lost divinities to pay them the debt and to the ancestor the forefathers who have sung the hymns of the vedas who have wandered through forest in the aranyaks who have sat at the feet of the rishi drinking a little bit of their wisdom who have drank from the fountains of delight how will we repay them by fulfilling that aspiration which which was there in them and that he describes his nature we must put on as he put ours we are sons of god and must be even as he his human portion we must grow divine our life is a paradox with god for key so we have this um, as i said uh, several passages but let me just quickly um bypassing the gods because you know we'll come to something greater the age of gods is over basically <laughs> as simple as that because it's the age when supreme is in direct contact with matter so we can directly contact the divine supreme here that is what we must understand something new and unprecedented as the mother says has happened in the history of creation earlier you can't because we are not ready so what are the god they are powers and aspects of the divine what do they do they prepare us a god of love a god of beauty a god of harmony a god of strength a god of wisdom so they prepare us to ultimately through one of the doors we can launch ourselves into the supreme but now the supreme is in direct contact with matter we need not go through the aspects but directly turn to him or her so we'll go uh, and all the experiences which i am rushing through ekame vidyutyam shubhendra describes before the divine mother adoration of the divine mother the vision of the great purusha look at this ekame vidyutyam the one without is second that's how the vedas describe the glory of the one 
There was no second it had no partner appear only itself was real to itself a pure existence safe from thought and mood a consciousness of unshared immortal bliss it dwelt aloof in its bare infinite one and unique unutterably soul a being nameless featureless and mute that knew itself by its own timeless self aware forever in its motionless depths uncreating uncreated and unborn the one by whom all live who lives by none a silent cause occult impenetrable infinite eternal unthinkable alone so what about creation it's illusion no it's manifestation this someone who is hidden in the heart someone came infinite and absolute in the very next canto a being of wisdom power and delight even as a mother draws her child to her arms took to her breast nature and world and soul abolishing the signless emptiness void nothingness this is the not, not the last word of man's ascension it cannot be it's sheer logic and common sense you don't need to go through a mystic experience to know this nothing can come out of nothing if something is coming out of nothing it means something is there inside nothing what is that something that is revealing to us and that something we know a little hint we get what a might what splendor what knowledge and this is nothing a single ray of our sun illumines these countless worlds into the liberty breaking the vacancy and voiceless hush hush piercing the limitless unknowable a beautiful and felicitous luster stole a for one was there supreme behind the god the undying truth appeared the enduring power of all that here is made and then destroyed the mother of all godheads and all strengths the mediatrix who mediatrix binds earth to the supreme so it's not maya or mahamaya it's not prakriti it's not maya mahamaya para prakriti aditi hinted in the vedas and the gita para prakriti jiva bhuta now we have the full splendor and glory of her being described she has become all these things you see how this para prakriti jiva bhuta shivinda puts it so beautifully he says but since she the divine mother but since she knows the goal of mind and body the struggle of mind and body and life as a mother knows and shares her children's lives she puts forth a small portion of herself a being no bigger than the thumb of man into a hidden region of the heart to forget to forget um, the bliss and to face the pang so she has put it inside our heart 
to face the pang and to forget the bliss so this is so beautifully paraprakriti ji bhuta it is that aspect of the divine mother that little child of the divine mother a portion of the divine mother is within us dwells within us it is the eater of the honey it is the swan so all these truths which are brought so beautifully and i can see somebody is constantly showing me the watch and the time while we are with the timeless uh, well let me then um, skip to the last possible uh beautiful experience or rather the goal which um, i'm speaking skipping through a lot but this is just a touching upon a little bit of savitri what we are doing is see we cannot dive into the sheer sagar <laughs> we are just doing some prashadam the the pan amrit pan of course there is its endless glory i mean i myself have been um, i mean just to be recognized as somebody who just loves savitri <laughs> there is nothing else needed <laughs> i remember a little experience once after anesthesia when i got up so there were some people around so <laughs> they asked, i just vaguely remember somebody asking me how are you or something 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 they do no they hit you try to who are you how are you <laughs> so that first line that came out of my mouth mouth is all can be done if the god touch is there and then i kept saying savitri 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 and then fell back into sleep this is the only thing i remember and all other things were vague see how much it can go into the inner being so we are all children of that savitri and uh, okay one little passage uh, you know what is night what beautiful thing about death all here is a mystery of contraries this struggle between the opposites gods and the titans what is it why are they fighting they are not fighting they are helping the soul of man the titan by stopping his advance he helps us to grow in strength and wisdom and the gods by pulling us help us grow in sweetness and delight both are needed because if we go only with strength and force we cannot find god's totality if we have only sweetness and delight then again we miss out on he is the mightiest of the mighty so both are actually fulfilling the same purpose this is a great truth all here is a mystery of contraries darkness a magic of self hidden light suffering some secret raptures tragic mask and death an instrument of perpetual life although death walks beside us on life's road a dim bystander at the body start and a last judgment on man's futile works other is the riddle of its ambiguous face death is a stair a door a stumbling stride the soul must take to cross from birth to birth the inconscient world is the spirit's self made room it wanted to manifest itself so what do you do when you want to do your room you just remove everything and you even demolish the walls is because you have a master plan so inconscient is the spirit self made room eternal night shadow of eternal day night is not our beginning nor our end see one three lines from sabitri how much they can liberate us night is not our beginning nor our end she is the dark mother in whose womb we have hid 
safe from too swift waking to world pain. We came to her from a supernal light. See, Diti and Aditi, Dark Mother. Who put us into the womb of the Dark Mother? Aditi. Story of Kartike and the Kritikas and Mata Parvati again, resisting the temptation of going into it. <laughs> it's good to give little suspense thrillers. No? Ah, what is that story about? <laughs> so from Aditi we have come. The first phase of our growth is through division. Why? Because through asserting, through making choices, we become individuals. When we become individuals, we have to surrender. But don't surrender to darkness and to every other impulse and this uh, finite world of ignorance. Surrender to the Divine Mother, Aditi. When we are ready, through the Kritikas, then the Divine Mother will herself come and say, Come Kartike, now you have to fight for the world. World battle. Then a little sprout from the surface plant and opens to the light. So we have we came to her from a supernal light. He is the eternal sower. At one place, Shubhendra describes the divine as the eternal sower in the fields of time. He has sown the seeds of divinity. By light we live and to the light we go. So, it continues. Let me close with this uh, boon, which, you know, again, uh, it's a very long passage, but I'm just reading um, something which we can connect with the Vedas. But Savitri, as I said, is much more. Really much, much more. It may, be, it may sound surprising, but one has to read it and one has to, one can see. Those, you know, who know, both will see it for themselves because it's the future vision that it, is, it embodies. So the mantra of Savitri will take us towards that future. What is that future? We'll close with that. Now, mind is all and its uncertain ray. Mind is the leader of the body and life. Mind the thought-driven chariot of the soul. There are greater destinies mind cannot surmise. Mind is not all his tireless climb can reach. There is a fire on the apex of the worlds. There is a house of the eternal light. Those who are well versed with the Vedas will know what this fire is. In its original home, there is a fire at the apex of the world. There is a house of the eternal light. There is an infinite truth, an absolute power. These spirits, mightiness shall cast off its mask. Its greatness shall be felt shaping the world's course. Now look at it. A few shall glimpse the miraculous origin. This is going to be the rishis of the new age. They will glimpse that, what has never been glimpsed before. A few shall glimpse the miraculous origin and some shall feel in you the secret force. First in the Divine Mother. She is the embodiment. Adventurers into a mightier day. They will not all this adventure, oh, you become a doctor, engineer. What is all this? Uh, I mean, easy to achieve. Nothing, no big deal. Earn money, build a house, have a Mercedes, another car, third car, fourth car. Then book your place in the graveyard. Or, you know, who knows, I want to have a VIP treatment. When I die, burn me with Chandan. How does it matter whether you have Chandan Lakadi? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is not adventure. Adventure is not even entering into outer space. 
man is not meant for that only man is meant for the very highest adventurers into a mightier day ascending out of the limiting breaths of mind they shall discover the world's huge design and step into the truth the right the vast satyam ritam vratam of the vedas and it continues there is a being beyond the being of mind an immeasurable cast into many forms a miracle of the multitudinous one that's where the original echo hum bahushyami there is a consciousness mind cannot reach yan mansana manute yena hur manomatam tadeva brahmantam vidhi nedam yadudam dam pasate its speech there is a consciousness mind cannot touch its speech cannot utter nor its thought reveal it has no home on earth no center in man yet is the source of all things thought and done the fount of the creation and its works it is the origin of all truth here the sun orb of minds fragmentary rays infinities heaven that spills the rain of god so this is what we are here for we are here to make a home for truth and we are here to build a center of that consciousness within the body and brain and last he speaks about the coming of superman and the change of earth and finally the transmutation minds lit inspired the occult summoner here this will be the transmutation of the mind what the vedic rishis thought the luminous mentality now we have to try with so much effort then it become natural a new mind shall the mind of light shall be born it will be like gift now we have a mind of ignorance as a gift and we have to go to school and school strengthens our ignorance and parents put strong concrete walls to shut our ignorance in the prison of their own ambitions and so much one has to struggle to get a little ray of light all this yoga tapasya but with the mind of light what will happen mind slit inspired the occult summoner here and life's blaze with a sudden inner flame when future you ask children what do you want to become god <laughs> we are meant to be that <laughs> we are sons of god and must be when i see and of course today children are like that but of course if children say today they are very guarded so they don't they will say use a term like i want to be you know love so then a little bit no no love will not feed you if they say god then you know they'll consult a psychiatrist something is wrong what is wrong are he is saying he wants to know mystery of existence so what do you want him he should study now no when he is retired he should think about all these things this is today but not tomorrow already that tomorrow has begun to enter into our lives and hearts grow enamored of divine delight then who will seek pleasure when your heart is enamored of the divine delight and human wills tune to the divine will 
These separate selves, the spirit's oneness feel. These senses of heavenly sense grow capable. The flesh and nerves of a strange ethereal joy. Look, the transmutation of the body is speaking about right from the mind going down and mortal bodies of immortality. Right now, we have blood flowing through the and blood and breath, you know, that energy, vital energy flowing through nerves and uh, through the blood. Now, something is will get mixed into this blood and the nerves and creating a new being. What is that something? A divine force shall flow through tissue and cell and take the charge of breath and speech and act. And all the thoughts shall be a glow of suns and every feeling a celestial thrill. Thus shall the earth open to divinity and common natures feel the wide uplift. Illumine common acts with the spirit's ray and meet the deity in common things. Right now we have to go to temple, undertake a big Tirtha Yatra to find the deity. How about looking at a pebble of stone and saying that, wow, it is infinity, shut in a pebble. How about looking at um, a blade of grass and saying, wow, he could be so humble. Looking at a piece of dust and seeing within it the possibility of the man who has come and more than man this dust shall become. And every experience of life. Nature shall live to manifest secret God. Right now it manifests our ignorance. It will live to manifest secret God. The spirit shall take up the human play. This earthly life become the life divine. I am so sorry, uh, but uh, you know, actually I have held back much more than has been spoken. So... But uh, anyways, I think there are several other sessions by very learned speakers. If there is any quick question, please. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Alok Pandey. I think uh, it was a great session. Uh, we have few questions. Yes, if you please. could answer them briefly. Uh, the yes. first question is from uh, Nirupamji. Is the concept of transformation of earth and Superman, there in Veda, what is the highest conception or experience of Veda? The highest conception and experience of the Vedas, as I have understood, I don't claim to be an expert in all the reeks of the Vedas. Savitri, yes, I have read and swallowed, I mean, it's gone inside thoroughly. But the highest conceptions, as I have understood, is they were in search of the secret of immortality. And that truth which sets the spirit free from ignorance. And when they spoke about that truth, they spoke about it as one with delight. So the truth, one with delight, which sets the soul free from the clutch of ignorance and takes you into the vast, the true, the right, the vast. And at the highest, with the rays of that sun, they did try to, some of the rishis at least from the riks as they have come down to us, they did try to discover, to illumine their mind and they also 
try to experience the consciousness of immortality in the physical consciousness. So there are uh, various, uh, you know, him. But this was never meant for number one as the main goal. The main goal was to discover the consciousness of immortality, the permanent home of the fire, to be freed from ignorance. to enter into those domains which are vast the ascension of the human soul there was no idea of descent there there is nothing like transformation there and um, this is this is the main thing so the fire within of course is there the soul the divine will in man which is carrying it upward so ascension is there in the vedas but not the descent there is no transformation concept in the vedas if at all there is some change it is incidental when you live near the sun its rays do tend to illumine you so to that extent it is there some people have said that you know the uh, there is something like physical consciousness being um, um, not transformed but entering into the consciousness of immortality i can understand it from this point of view that at every level we can enter into the cosmic consciousness and the vedic rishis knew it so at the physical level mental level vital level when we enter into the vast cosmic consciousness we will experience immortality but this vast cosmic consciousness has double aspect the cosmic ignorance and the cosmic truth so we don't know in which one they entered because if you enter into cosmic ignorance which uh, there are experiences of even some modern mystics you will start experiencing all kinds of things like paramansas they are jostling inside your consciousness so what exactly was the nature of this vast consciousness in the physical there is no real document of that and certainly if transformation would have taken place we would have known and most most uh, beautiful thing is that their achievement was largely individual there were secret schools of initiation there was no question of a collective attempt now when i say all this this is not to say that the vedic rishis were no, nobody no they were very great compared look at those days times i would say they were heroes who led the path but at the same time the time was not ready man was not ready human consciousness was not ready there had to be avatars who had to come shri krishna had not yet come who had to you know give certain greater truths which were embodied in the vedas shubindu had not come buddha had not come to take man you know beyond everything into that highest point of the unknowable so all these beings who were yet to come so the vedic rishis were forerunners and in their aspiration we see embodied the idea of a perfect earth which is transmuted by the heaven but if at all it is a seed idea also we see that they glimpse the super mind but from just like from the mount everest you see the sun there is a big difference between seeing the sun from the mount everest and taking a spaceship going there and entering the sun and bringing down finding a way to make a bridge from that sun right down to the earth there is a big difference between that glimpsing the sun and building solar solar panels to tap the energy of the sun that is two different things so what should be there in the mother have undertaken is a herculean collective effort to transmute earth with the glory which the vedic rishis witnessed but from afar from the high regions of the mind or we may say the highest of them went up to over mind and from there they glimpsed but the surya sadwar was only for the final exit not for transformation so the next question the next question is from anmol ji in one of the riks of vama deva we read that the riks are there in the highest immutable heaven parame vyaman what is this heaven among the planes told by shri aurobindo 
Okay, that's the simpler question. What is this heaven where the Riks have been there in the Parambyomam? Now, Parambyomam, of course, is that, uh, you know, uh, it is still the space, but a space which is in endless extension. That's why it's called Param, because beyond that you enter into the spaceless infinite. Very difficult to put it in terms of the mind. But the, the endless extension of space is, of course, in the overmind. And the highest heavens is described in Shirobindu Savitri, those who want to see, is that domain of the gods which is in the overmind and that is in the heavens of the ideal. That's where we'll see the description of the highest heaven. And Shirobindu describes two roots. One is the Vedic root, sacrifice through the mind. He actually describes that truth. And the other is through the heart. And that is through the psychic being of man. So both these aspects we see are described there. And of course, um, rest all the other cantos are describing the overmind in different ways. In the self of mind, the world soul and of course toward the greater knowledge. So we have that description in uh, Savitri in the last four cantos of book two. But there are several places where he has described about this word descending. For instance, in book 1, Canto 3, he describes oft inspiration, uh, uh, you know, descended into him like a river. Rivers of inspiration flowed down. The language is very much Vedic. Then also he speaks about the traffickers of the sense, the dasyus who steal it. Then he speaks about uh, intuition, Sarma, the goddess who with a stab of light, Suddenly tore the veil and shown things. So there are several places where he has spoken about these experiences. The word in the upper hemisphere, all this he has spoken in Savitri. But the experience of the Riks came from the overmind highest. But many of them would have come from the intuitive mind, which is a little below than that. So when we use the word below and high, it should not be taken in this sense, oh, it is below. To rise even to intuitive mind is not easy for man. So, salutations to those who went even up to that. <laughs> yes. The, the remaining part of the question is, and from which plane have the lines of Savitri come? Okay. So, Savitri is a truth which has been witnessed in the highest uh, consciousness. But Shurabindo, as we know that he was writing Savitri again and again to bring down the higher and higher planes of consciousness into um, you know, in the form of human speech, that human speech is capable of. And that is the overmind consciousness in its highest form. Why? Because supramental speech is yet not manifested upon earth. And the reason is very simple. Mother and Shobindo, between them, converse in supramental speech. You won't have this kind of conversation. Why? Because I, I use this example. In supermind, the vision is simultaneous. So when you see and uh, you know if I am to describe or any any of us we all have different things in front. So if we are asked to describe what we are seeing, like I am seeing people sitting here. So I can't describe. I can't just say vaguely that you know there are people sitting here. Even that is incomplete. There is a wall. So I'll say there is a wall of this color. There is a light, and there are people sitting. Now you see it's successive. So speech, the moment it enters into the uh, lower triple world even at overmind it contains though it one word one idea will contain vast sense within it much vaster than the human mind understand with an idea let's say love truth justice has a totally different uh, understanding in overmind than it is below uh, at, at the human level yet it is successive in the supermind there is a simultaneous vision 
So human speech is not yet ready. But between mother and Shurabindo, they used to converse like that. So mother describes that I would say one word uh, and he would see through all the different, you know, <laughs> large spaces of time. So what he would say would take into account all that is which is behind. The entire ranges of consciousness. And she said that if people heard us actually, they would not understand a thing about what we are speaking. So, but that speech for human uh, consciousness, supposing he spoke in that language, there are places uh, where he has spoken even, I mean, Shobindu is written in a language which is nowhere to be found. There are some documents where some, not many, um, you know, um, so that script is nowhere to be found. So that is something which is yet to evolve. And mother spoke about the evolution of language itself. To a status where you can you can you can bring out simultaneously many things. Take for instance Chinese script. It's very symbolic. Leave aside you know Chinese mal. None of us likes it. But uh, but the thing is that in the script we have something very interesting that the the same thing uh, symbol can exp uh, uh, reveal many things. Like in Vedas you have go. Go means many things at the same level. So but all this speech is yet not. The supramental speech. So Savitri is in the uh, the the. He said that I am trying to make it through and through over mind. So we may say that by and large through and through over mind consciousness, but over mind consciousness which can prepare us and lead us to the supermind and allow us to be bathed in that light. So the words are capsules are in over mind form, but what is inside is supermind. It's like when we eat a capsule, we have the covering and you have the content. So it is overmind consciousness in terms of the covering, but the supramental content when it comes to what is contained inside it. Yes? Beautiful. And yeah. So the next question is from Prabhakar from Facebook. What is the difference between Shankara's Advaita and the Shiorabindu's philosophy? Okay, let me read from Savitri. Shankara's Advaita and Shurabindu's philosophy. So, firstly, we must understand that there are uh, different interpretations of Shankara. So, I am not going into it because it's a, you know, Advaita, Shuddha Advaita, then Vishisht Advaita, then Dvaita and Dvaita Advaita. Then again, we have schools of thought. So, uh, you know, <laughs> philosophy is as far from me. I am a poet by heart, by the way, <laughs> not a philosopher. Uh, Shurabindu also identified himself as a poet more than a philosopher. But the difference is, uh, Shankara, as the way it is understood, I am not saying that what original Shankara is, but the world is an illusion and there is Brahman which is Satya. So, Jagat Mithya, Brahma Satya, as it is understood again with the Kevet, because he also wrote Sondare Lahiri, he also, you know, wrote uh, Bhavani Ashtakam. So, again, I am not going into that, but just the idea. I am not talking of Shankara, but as it is understood. So, Jagat Mithya, Brahma Satyam. So, how did world come into existence? Maya. How did Maya come into existence? Another Maya. Okay, so that's where it stops. Now, Buddha conception, the world is an illusion, but uh, it is something which has, you know, born out of desire. Desire in whom? Again, we have a question mark. In Shurabindo's, um, you know, revelation, the world is an illusion only in the sense that there is a real expressing itself, but it is distorted in appearance. So there is a truth. Actually, illusion literally means that. As a psychiatrist, we deal with this term, illusion and hallucination. Hallucination is there is no non-existent reality, though even that is not true. But 
if nothing is there and you experience something perceive something it is unreal that's how it is your senses are throwing signals which are not there but illusion means there is something the rope and snake example there is the rope you are mistaking it for the snake or vice versa so there is something which is expressing itself through forms but it is not expressing itself in the true way why because between the spirit and the form there is the mind vital physical which are under the citadels or influence of ignorance unconsciousness falsehood and the four asuras so they keep twisting it keep twisting it so what we see in appearance is not truth but a distortion of truth so what is the goal of this yoga the goal is not you leave this illusion and go there you set the illusion right now how do we set it right by the power of truth as simple as that when we have the original script when we apply this power of truth in various ways whole yoga so i am not going into that but most simply by offering and uh, opening to the mother then slowly all these distortions begin to reshape themselves a much longer process more difficult than simply quitting this field and going away and but this is the only process if we want the collective emancipation of mankind if we want to escape through a luminous satvik egoism i am alone let me find nirvana well that's a different story but if we want as many of us feel 75% of humanity surely wants this world to be a better place and the mother said that the time will come when even the gods would want to incarnate because of the supramental substance but because we find it difficult therefore we want to run away or we find it impossible because we don't have the key we end up with nothingness but or one there are two ways of looking at the same thing one or nothingness nothingness simply means that i can't define it describe it by any mental terms the nihil of buddha and the one of the advaita are the one and the same thing buddha used the word permanent in different way but both missed out on the secret of transformation because they didn't know really the glory of the divine mother even bhavani ashtakam is to liberate natato na bandhu na mata it's but liberation the tantra also seeks liberation but the divine mother who can liberate us as mahamaya appears to us still higher as the anandamayi chaitanyamayi satyamayi who can transmute this earth and the entire yoga is to bring her down establish upon earth which shubindu did during his lifetime and then for us to open more and more to her and be transformed so this is the difference so uh, i'll leave aside savitri right now but maybe or since i have opened it the advaita of uh, shubindu <laughs> which i uh, you know love to read ha huh. so this is on page um, 59 alive in a dead rotating universe we whirl not here upon a casual globe abandoned to a task beyond our force even through the tangled anarchy called fate and through the bitterness of death and fall an outstretched hand is felt upon our lives now comes the advaita part one now see the one what one is there and this is the world no what is the one doing one who has shaped this world is ever its lord he is the lord he is the one yes agreed but what is he doing here and what about us our errors are his steps upon the way he works through the fears vicissitudes of our lives he works through the hard breath of battle and toil he works through our sins our sorrows and our tears 
His knowledge overrules our nescience. So what we should do, whatever the appearance we must bear, when nothing, whatever our strong ills and present fate, when nothing we can see but drift and bail, a mighty guidance leads us still through all. So this idea that divine is not only present here as an imminent presence, witness, but as a dynamic presence, a guidance which is leading life towards its fulfillment. This is something unique to Shurabindu's thought. And what will happen? After we have served this great divided world, we can't run away from it. God's bliss and oneness are our inborn right. A date is fixed in the calendar of the unknown. An anniversary of the birth sublime. Our soul shall justify its checkered walk. All will come near that now is not or far. And all this comes at several places, again because of paucity of time. But essentially, this is the difference. The world is not an illusion. It is Jagat Mithya Brahma Satyam Namithya Jagat Satyam Namithya. Why? Because it's a dream, fact, vision of truth. World has come out of truth. It's a vision of truth. How can it be Mithya? But it is a distortion because there are many players in the play. Which is something very unique because we normally think there is spirit and matter. But we forget that there are many middlemen who take away the grant which comes for the farmer bill. And what reaches to the end point is nothing. <laughs> so there are. <laughs> so here, now, see the changing times. Direct bank subsidy, it will go into your account. So the divine has removed all these middlemen. Directly, the matter can come in touch with the supreme. This is the new age. So this is the difference. Yes. Next question, please. If there is maybe one last we can take or... Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, due to the shortage of time, I thought we can probably end the session, yes, session here. Yes, And I am sure that oh, some of the questions have really been answered from what you have actually, how you have answered these questions as well. And um, thank you so much for answering these questions so patiently and elaborately. Now, I request Dr. Mala Kapadia to share the summary of the talk. Namaskaram. Uh, in fact, it's it's such a difficult task to summarize, right? I mean, how Alokji found it so difficult to talk of Savitri in such a short time. And for me to summarize Alokji in uh, two minutes, because I know time is a constraint. But I would say Alokji has done uh, a great, uh, you know, I would, uh, my gratitude to him because he has given the capsule of Savitri to us, right? I mean, people would now really be tempted to go deeper into it. And he has given the exact entry points, uh, specifically, you know, some of the uh, sentences that I've noted down that it's the evolutionary choice or the retrograde action. So, I mean, we, we have to be conscious of the path we are taking. Falsehood is truth which is twisted. And we are experiencing this in the pandemic times. Uh, we all are experiencing how truth is being twisted. And uh, so grateful to Alokji for creating that journey that we all can take from light to greater light, delight to greater delight, and freedom to greater freedom, the leap. Uh, I think that that really summarizes the project Veda that he said that Sri Arvindo is almost fulfilling the project Veda, uh, helping us to take that great leap. 
and that makes savitri uh, unique because the two mantras that we get one of anandamayi chaitanyamayi satyamayi parme and the other is the gayatri mantra of shri arbindo from vishwamitra to shri arbindo we, we didn't have any other gayatri mantra so the gayatri mantra of shri arbindo uh, makes the the supreme para prakruti a golden bridge also talked about power of silence uh, and the, the i think the best message that all of us are taking is in our heart not in the brain so that the questions don't need to be analytical and logical uh, it, when we have heard him from the heart savitri would enter our heart uh, and that's where the fire uh, the eternal fire which is within us would allow us to create that transformation and the transmutation the best line that i i have personally taken within my heart is that night is not our beginning not our end so it's not the night but it's the light of the day uh, and therefore the divine flow let us allow the divine flow to flow within us and take charge of our prana and therefore through prana all our actions uh, it's it's impossible to summarize what alok ji said but i've just tried uh, sharing with everyone uh, what you know i i actually got into the flow and uh, it's so difficult to even write down points right they are all within you uh, and thank you so much to thank you thank you thank you, thank you, thank you so much alok.